Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Simple Pin Podcast. Today, we're going to be diving into this idea of how does Pinterest work for the content creator? So creator, blogger, content creator, YouTuber, you've heard a lot of these names for someone who creates content. Most of the time, they're focused on organic growth and serving their audience with like good, engaging content that keeps them coming back over and over. Or they get introduced to someone new. So a creator has to choose which platform they use and assume their growth will be kind of slow and steady. It's not this hockey stick up and to the right. Yes, you can have some viral stuff on TikTok, but for the most part, it is slow and steady. So how do content creators leverage Pinterest for their growth? That's what we want to dive into into today's episode. But first, I want to remind you or let you know, if this is the first time you're hearing this, that Pinterest is the most underrated social media platform out there. In fact, I had somebody message me yesterday and say, hey, I haven't heard many marketers talk about Pinterest. Is that still a thing? It is commonly overlooked for Instagram, for TikTok. Now Threads is on the scene. Any other platform that essentially has more dopamine hits. But what we know here at Simple Pin Media, after looking at hundreds of analytics of businesses is that once your strategy is dialed in on the organic or the ad side, the snowball grows and grows for years to come, making this sleepy search and discovery platform one of the most powerful tools in your business. If you want to hand it off to professionals who know how to make that snowball grow, hop on a call with our team to see if your business qualifies for management. We're here to help you determine the best fit for service and help you stay one step ahead of your competition. So go to simplepinmedia.com slash services. You're listening to the Simple Pin Podcast, Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. All right, on to how does Pinterest work for the content creator? All right, so I did, of course, the standard thing that you most people who do presentations, they go to definitions. They figure out, okay, how do we define a content creator? So Adobe, which I'll link to below, had a great explanation in one of their blog posts. And it said, a content creator is someone who uses entertaining or educational material to be expressed through any medium or channel. Content creation especially pertains to digital content, since that's where the majority of content is consumed and where the money is if you're looking to earn revenue through your efforts. For businesses, content creation can mean crafting newsletters, emails, digital marketing materials, brochures, social media articles, annual reports, editorials, company communications, and more. For an individual, content creation can mean creating new content for social media, such as live streams, vlogs, and other photo or video content with the intent of interacting and resonating with their target audience. I love that phrase, interacting and resonating. And often they can make money as a part-time or full-time job. Oftentimes, the buzzword influencers gets infused into that as well. 
One thing that you should know is that Pinterest calls its business users creators and their regular users pinners. You'll hear these terms used a lot in their guides or their blog post. So if you want more information on that, I've linked to another episode we recorded on the Pinterest creator. It'll be below in your podcast app. So the reason for this episode and really how it came about was from the story series I did with Molly Kaiser on episode 340. She said something at the end of that that helped me define myself as a creator and not a digital marketer. It was a huge epiphany for me. And I had been listening to a lot of conversation about creators. I followed Joe Polizzi, who you also heard in the Summer Story series. He has a great um, book called Content Inc. He very much pushes this idea that every business has to have a content creation side. And in our next episode, I'm going to talk about how Pinterest works for the digital marketer, because I think creator and digital marketer are so different, but oftentimes in our industry, they get infused together as one. And it's this idea that sometimes people should have both of those abilities to do those, but I find that somebody gravitates towards one or the other. So when it comes to content creator, let's assume for this episode that um, people have content. So how does that content creator take all of what they have and decide where to put their efforts? So also, when I say content creator, I mean, they're creating on YouTube, they're creating video, they're creating short form content, and they're creating long form content and blog posts. So I'll tell you a little bit, actually, how I got started. This might help frame it up. Um, I started with newsletters And then I went to a blog and then I went to a podcast. When I started my business in 2014, it was just service-based. I had the most boring website on the planet. I think you can probably go to that Wayback Machine and you can see how boring it was. In fact, I did... At the time, there was this thing called Peak User. And you could pay or I think it might have been free to have somebody review your website and give you their initial feedback. And somebody said, this is so boring. This person does Pinterest. This does not look like Pinterest. It is not aesthetically pleasing. It doesn't even resonate with me. So I updated my website and then I hired a coach at the end of 2014. And one of the things he talked about right away was getting a newsletter up and running. And I had been doing a little bit of it, but it was kind of willy nilly. I'm sure there were 10 people. And I really started to put a lot of effort into writing this weekly newsletter, which we still have today. The it's Pinterest Made Simple comes out every Wednesday. Well, then we talked about sharing the data that I had. It was a way to communicate what I knew was happening with Pinterest, but it needed to serve a broader audience. I couldn't just only tell my clients or only tell my team. So I actually added a blog portion to my website and I began to do data studies. There's some really old ones on our simplepinmedia.com. Things like do followers matter? What is the appropriate rate of growth? And at the time, I probably had 20 to 25 clients to work with. So I had a good sampling of people that I could get a general understanding from. Well, then the next year in 2016, we introduced the podcast. And when we introduced the podcast, I was very intentional to say, I want this to do double duty for Google as well and Pinterest, because the very first channel I started to use was Pinterest. And then I went to Facebook. So I wanted everything that I was doing 
to be on the hub of simplepinmedia.com. It was any blog posts about data, podcasts, and then it would essentially become this library of information about Pinterest. But I couldn't assume that people were just going to find it. I had to actually tell people about it, which is why I went towards the newsletter. And the newsletter would be that entry point for linking out to all the other things, linking to any backlog that we had. But I had to tell people about the newsletter. So then I started by creating a Pinterest marketing calendar that people could get for free. It was a planner, actually. And so that got people on my email list, which then read my blog post, which then read, listened to the podcast. Okay, so that was my content creator journey. And it still is my content creator journey. I record the podcast. Well, I record it all the time, but it goes out every Wednesday, the same day as the newsletter. And that helps people get information they need about Pinterest. And then they decide whether or not they want to work with us or whether or not they want to do it themselves. We have two options. So I share all that because I want you to frame up for you. How's this work for you? And I think a lot of times, especially today, there's so many options to choose from. And I have found, especially listening to Joe Polizzi's podcast, that finding one or two and doing them really, really well is better than spreading yourself thin over five channels. So one of the biggest reasons I, well, there's two big reasons I chose Pinterest. One is obviously I was working with it. So I wanted to have an account that represented me. I wouldn't say I would still feel that way today, simply because then there was only Pinterest and Facebook and a little bit of Instagram and kind of Twitter. But most bloggers were using Facebook and Pinterest only. So you were able to get really good at it. Now there's YouTube, there's Pinterest, there's Facebook, there's threads, there's Instagram, there's TikTok, there's Twitter. I mean, it's overwhelming. Don't try to spread your content to all places. Find the place where you know that people will interact and resonate and are your your target audience. And this is a big conversation we have with people who are coming in to work with us. They have potentially heard, especially on the ad side, that Pinterest isn't worth it. And a lot of times they're told this by other agencies who obviously want to keep their business. I'm not throwing shade there. That's a really great way to keep people around. I get it. But people come to us and they say, hey, I've worked with this agency and they say Pinterest just isn't worth it for me. But I really think my people are there. And we've had one recent client example where we met with them and said, okay, that's fine. We understand that you don't want to pursue Pinterest at this time. We'll reach back out to you in six months, or you can reach back out to us. We'll kind of touch base and see where you're at. The beautiful thing about the story is that six months later, they come back and they say, we're actually getting more organically from Pinterest. And this place that we've worked for is doing nothing for us. And so we're going to pursue Pinterest and we're going to pursue all the services that we can to throw every ounce of effort we can at Pinterest because we know our audience is there. We know what we have resonates with them. And so that's a big thing to think about. Where are your people? Because that makes it easier to unlock something. I could certainly go to Twitter. In fact, just recently I went into a Twitter black hole 
And there's a lot of agencies over there. There's a lot of dude agencies. I don't mean that disparagingly. I mean, there's a lot of guys over there who run agencies. There's, there's not several women, right? It tends to be male dominated. I don't know if my audience is there because our audience is predominantly women. Um, we have some men who come to us as well. It's probably 80-20. And that's not where I want to spend my time putting my content. Every once in a while, I will just to see how it does. But it's it's really not. Now, I will say LinkedIn has been something I've added in recently. And that's a whole other story that I won't go into. But I think what I'm trying to get you to think about is where are your people? Where is your audience? And if you have an inkling that it's on Pinterest, but you feel really overwhelmed by it, or people are telling you Pinterest is dead, I would encourage you to ignore the language and learn for yourself. Start to pin on Pinterest and see how it goes. Now, what do I mean by that? Start to pin on Pinterest. Here is how you can leverage Pinterest as one of your channels for sharing content. One, blogging. Blogging, vlogging. We're going to talk about short form video in a minute, but blogging is one of the keys to Pinterest marketing. We have seen it over and over and over again. And I know a lot of e-commerce people kind of dread that. But I will tell you that if you're not creating at least one to two times per month on a short form blog post or long form blog post, it doesn't matter. It will slow your growth. We have seen no growth at all from people who are really, they've created content in the past and they've stopped creating going forward. And they're just, you know, they're just coasting, right? We see their them decrease in growth. So what I would love for everybody to do is create at least one to two blog posts per month, maybe even talking about your product, talking about, you know, what you sell. For people who are bloggers, this comes naturally to you. So you don't really have to come up with a system. But my encouragement to you would be don't slow down. Do not slow down on that. I also explain this idea of our simple pin framework in a previous episode. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. This framework will help you decide what type of content you need to create for your people. It's based on inspire, inform, and decide. So once you listen to that, you'll also kind of begin to frame up what type of content you need to create to really hook the pinner in and help them kind of come into your community, purchase your products, or just get to know you more. The second way is short form video. Pinterest just recently moved away from idea pins into just short form video. So if you had been previously making idea pins, just know that those will just turn into short form video. Let's talk about this. If you create long form, let's say you create YouTube, you can take a short teaser and put that on Pinterest. We recommend less than a minute 30 And that's mostly because pinners are not there to watch long form video. They're there to watch trailers. So trailer type things is what you can do for, say, your long form. If you also want to explain something in short form video, TikTok like, YouTube shorts, reels, you can also repurpose those and put those on Pinterest. But we highly recommend that you don't download after you've uploaded them to Instagram and then upload them to Pinterest you want to do raw video and upload natively on Pinterest. The other thing is pinning daily. So all of your blog posts, your videos, they need to be shared often. Uh, Oftentimes people will ask me how many weeks or days between pins. We really just don't want you to go overboard and pin all your pins at the same time. 
So I have about 350 blog posts, podcasts, and we pin at least 10 times a day. Some have multiple images, so we can spread them out even more. Plus, we use short form reels and YouTube shorts, and we share those as well on Pinterest. So we're able to get more bang for our buck. But consistency matters here. If you're new to Pinterest, one a day is just fine. It doesn't have to be 10. You just don't want to be saturating your audience with so many all at the same time. Here's my final thought for you. I believe Pinterest is one of the best places for the content creator because it's where your content can get seen by people who don't know you, by people who are cold to you. They are looking for ideas. They're looking for products. They're looking for tips. And if you talk about anything within those buckets, which is pretty much everybody, your content will fit there. But it takes time. It does take at least at least six to nine months to really get things going. But once you get things going, it unlocks this ability to really bring traffic passively. And that's a buzzword that we've used in the online industry for years. We want passive income. We want passive traffic. Google can be passive traffic. Pinterest can be passive traffic. YouTube. Remember that it fits with this search and discovery. If you only want to focus on content creation because that is your jam, I get you. I love recording this podcast and never having to think about it again. (laughs) If you want to have somebody manage for you on Pinterest so you can do the same, we would love to work with you and really help you get lift for your content on Pinterest. Go to simplepinmedia.com slash services. Next episode, we're going to dive into how Pinterest works for the digital marketer. It's going to be an interesting kind of, I guess, comparison between the two that Pinterest for the content creator looks a little bit different than Pinterest for the digital marketer. And I would argue, like we talked about in the episode with Molly, again, we'll link that below, that those are two very different types of brains in this digital market, in this whole online marketing space. And I think there's this pressure to be both, but it's okay if you're not both. I am not a digital marketer first. In fact, I did a list of all the things I like in my business and all the things I do not like in my business. And majority of the digital marketing tasks fell under do not like. I also took the Strengths Finder. I need to take it again, but I took it several years ago. And I have almost nothing in strategy. Mine is all in relationship building and development. Like that is my jam. It's like belief, positivity, communication, like those are my jam. So I want to share this with you because I want you to be encouraged that if you do fall on the side of content creator, that's great and nothing to be, I guess, it's not the word ashamed because that's not the right word, but I always felt that I wasn't living up. I would see these people who had like really amazing convert landing pages that converted super high and they loved the conversion rates. They loved all these things. That's not me. And I finally realized that that's okay. So I'm a content creator. I love using Pinterest for my content and I love using it to work passively in the background for our business. Thanks so much for listening to the Simple Pin Podcast. If you have 30 seconds today, would you leave a review for us? We have been doing this podcast for seven and a half years. And the more we get to hear from you, the more excited we are. It helps us know how to keep creating, how to keep creating great content so that you can use Pinterest to help your business grow. Alrighty. Thanks again for listening. 